Hello, welcome to another episode of Houston. We have a podcast on today's episode. We have a couple of returning guests and we are talking about sales characters in movies. And who better to talk about that than a couple of salespeople themselves. So previous guests, Dave and Dave, uh, you guys are both uh, either current or previous salespeople. Um, and so we're gonna be talking about kind of how salespeople are portrayed in movies. Uh, we're gonna go through some scenarios and we're gonna have the two of you and your co-host Paulo talk about, uh, we're gonna have some, I have some scenarios for you guys of some specific jobs and coworkers and products that people have for a sales role. And you are gonna be picking from a list of uh, sales characters that we have picked from movies uh, to say who you would most want to hire for those roles. Um, but first, before we get into that, uh, we just want to have a little bit of a quick conversation around how salespeople are portrayed in movies. And so, Dave, Dave, uh, based on my knowledge of watching movies and my knowledge that you guys are both in sales, I have to conclude that you are both terrible human beings. Is this correct? <laughs> totally yeah. accurate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, luckily you picked two salespeople who are terrible human beings, so we fit right in the mold. I actually just sold my wife and child uh, for <laughs> a very handsome profit. Um, no, and I think may maybe I'll I'll start off quickly. Like, so I have 15 years of experience in marketing and sales, between frontline sales management and and now sales operations and strategy. Um, and so a long background in this. Uh, Tomkey, you want to talk about what you've done? Yeah, so I was in like I was a salesperson for four years, and then I've been managing salespeople for six years. So I've got about a decade of of direct and management experience in sales as well. And I am still in sales. I didn't run away like you, Dave. <laughs> I thought COVID coming. That's what it was. I, was like, well, hey, I feel like 2020 is not going to be great. So uh... classic sales insult. <laughs> I mean, I'll just say this: like when I was. So Carson, you submitted this list of all these different salespeople, and, and Dave, I'm curious about your thoughts on a lot of this as well. But one of the things that it made me realize is, A, a lot of these were in the kind of the 80s and 90s, first of all, right? And this description or presentation of salespeople is why I am routinely sent to multiple day sales retreats to try to, like, change this mentality about sales because i think le leaving the 80s and the 90s everyone thought sales were these these the traditional used car salesman right like slick fast talking willing to cheat to do whatever it is like don't care about people and so because of that i have to spend way too much time going to these seminars where they're like hey treat your employees like human beings and i'm uh, my thought is, of course, treat your employees like human beings. But if you know anything about sales from 80s and 90s movies, you assume that you just treat people like trash all of the time. <laughs> and, and that we're hucksters, right? Yeah. Like, I think a core thing about sales is like, and, you know, we're, we're benefited in the industry that we're in and that we sell a lot of different things. So we can marry up the right solution to the right product, to the right problem. We're not required to, like, plug a square thing into a round hole, right? Where we say, hey, this is all we have, so you gotta buy this. But I mean, I, again, I think the basis of sales is understanding someone's problem and finding the solution that helps them get better. Like, yeah, am I gonna make money on it? 100%, that's how business works. I have to make money, but I should make the money based off the value or the help I'm providing, not because I've tricked you somehow, to buying something that you don't want or need. The other thing that struck me about sales in movies 
is it's overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly Wall Street and like car salesmen and <laughs> salesmen. Like it is, it is, there's very few, like what I would think of as actual salespeople, like with, in, in the industry, like true account executives are not like, I'm going to go sell you once and it's over. Like everybody buys more than once from you, no matter what industry you're in now. And so like, these are widely like listed as like uh, the, the wall street, that, that one hit wonder one hit, like let's get them and get out kind of concept. You know, I know we, I know TV's not allowed on here, but I would venture a better representation of sales not that it's better people, but would be the office where it is someone who's managing an account and selling something over and over and over again. Like that's what sales is more like than these folks who are, let me get all your money right now and then get out. Yeah. There were very few people uh, of the list that we're going to talk about that I resonated with that had anything to do with my sales experience. Right. Like, and that's, it's weird that we consider like when you look at sales in movies, wall street, you mentioned is one that comes up certainly Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Um, but half the people that we'll talk about are kind of sales, like aren't really salespeople, but are portrayed as salespeople, right? Like, and those are the, the methods you have also lots of drugs, Lots of drugs, uh, predicting sales. That's you know somewhat true, somewhat not true. I, I can't dissuade that altogether. Um, but there were like uh, a few of the people that that stood out that actually are reminiscent of my sales experience. Uh, uh, Sorry to bother you was one that stood out of like an actual sales experience. And as weird as it is, Chris Farley and Tommy Boy also one of the ones that. Okay. Like, actually comes across as the salesperson that I recognize. Absolutely. I, I actually wholeheartedly agree with that. And um, what was the George Clooney movie where he was the firing guy? Yeah. So that was one. like, so I guess I should explain why I picked the list that I did. Um, I tried to pick to like, cause I mean, I think you were saying before, like almost sales is kind of the base of every business. Um, there's a lot of people that you could justify could be, in a type of sales role, um, you have like George Clooney in Up in the Air, uh, you have Aaron Eckert in Thank You for Smoking, and it's like these people are selling ideas, and so you could kind of talk about them as being salespeople. For my list, I tried to pick people who were in actual direct sales. Uh, I included retail or like a marketing exec who might be giving like a pitch, uh, or an entrepreneur who was in direct sales themselves. Like I did try to stay away from like the, you know, the politicians, your uh, people who are spinning ideas and stuff like that. Cause it wasn't like direct sales. Um, but that is kind of a, it's a vague well, definition of what you could consider a salesperson. And again, I would not include necessarily George Clooney in, in that group. I agree with you, but I do think George Clooney's role in that movie of like the traveling salesperson, I know he's not a salesperson, but like reflected a lot of the hardest struggles about the folks that are national reps or something like that, where you don't really have a home life. You don't have this base of things around you. And I've, I've been lucky that I haven't had to ha have that rule in my life, but like, I think people think like jet setters and all this high stuff, like that was a great movie and illustrating the downsides of this. You can expense everything great, but yeah. you, don't, you give up a lot to have that life. Yeah. It, it's weird. There's there's this, um, like the actual 90, 80, 90% of salespeople are people like me and you, Dave, right? That operate 
in either direct sales or some type of middle-ish management, right? Live the normal life that we have. Our reps live normal lives. Like, there's not this this crazy, intense, coke-fueled, <laughs> like, rave of a lifestyle. Like, we just don't, that's just not a real thing. Well, it is a real thing. Oh, it's touche, touche. It's just massively overrepresented. And when I said Wall Street, I wasn't even talking about the movie Wall Street. As I looked down this list, like, we got American Psycho, Boiler Room, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, Tin Men, not as much, but door to door. Like so many of these are representative of like this cutthroat, like I'm going to get a sale and then I'm out and I either get it or I don't. And I, mm-hmm. and I don't yeah. care about the result. I want the money right now. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's where the drama comes from. So when you're making a movie, it makes sense that that's what is more represented. Yeah. But I, I was surprised that there weren't at least a few more examples of what like the, the average salesperson's career might be. Well, and I would venture the reason is it's quite boring. Um, I mean, it's fun. Like, you get the wins and the losses, but they're certainly not to the extreme of these movies and or, like, the majority of salespeople are not multi-multi-millionaires based off of how they've tricked someone into buying something wait, like Wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, for, we need for to talk money. later about our, our, our uh, money situations. <laughs> um, no, but but I think again, an, a, a movie about account management would be really boring. Like, are you having regular business reviews with your accounts and understanding like where they are in terms of what's happening? Like, did you help them with their renewal? Right? Like, that would be. I, I'm not gonna lie, I would not watch that movie. I'm in this life, and I would not watch that movie. Oh God, a movie about my life would be miserable, and I would not wish that upon my worst enemy. Right? Were we able to get enough credit approved for this account? That would be like the major. The major plot twist. Uh, I mean, the big the big part of the movie would be, oh my god, they're going they're undergoing a systems change. How is this going to play out? Right, right at the end when they, like when they were going to make their big deal, the tax exemption certificate didn't come through. Dun, dun, dun. Like again, Classic. I understand why these movies are being made and why they're entertaining, but it also gives a salesperson a bad name, and I think. Again, to Tomkey's point, 90% of salespeople deal with this on a day-to-day basis. Like, oh, you're in sales. Don't trick me. I'm like, I'm not going to trick you. Like, I'm, <laughs> that's not my job. My job is to help you or try and understand what where I can or can't help you. And one of the best things a salesperson can do, and I, I don't want to get too far down the line here, is say no, right? Like, I can't do this. That builds an enormous amount of trust with your customers and clients. Like, this is I'm not the right fit for this. And and you never see that in the movies, right? So. How, how much are these movies responsible for our job being harder than it needs to be? Because people, like, I think it's a fair thing to say that the portrayal of salespeople in media is negative. And again, I would I would say, Dave, we're fairly trustworthy and like honest and straightforward people. But anyone that meets us professionally is automatically going to assume that we're coked up and trying to take their money. <laughs> yeah, and I would say I'm wholly trustworthy. I'd say you're fairly trustworthy. Yeah, yeah, fairly uh, at best. At best. But um, no, I agree, right? And it's it, honestly, in my opinion, it's one of the reasons the industry has shifted to account executive, account manager, all these different terms, as opposed to what used to be called a salesperson, because it's no longer okay to be a salesperson. 
it's like it's like a clown or an ice cream truck owner a job that was once okay but due to the media <laughs> the public views it negatively now and we have to change we have to we have to change it's like the michael bolton from uh from office space i have to change because somebody went out and did something about my career to make it sound terrible yeah you know, I regularly appreciate it when my career has been compared to a clown or an ice cream truck owner. But <laughs> uh, the, uh, I agree. Like it's the ninety nine percent, and I keep upping that percentage, but uh, are not these people, right? Like certainly in Wall Street, you have highly competitive situations with big deals that make or break careers. In investment banking and stuff like that, you have folks that are working. 300 hours a week, that's not possible, but, um, uh, you know, a lot to do these different things and, and, and that happens, but the majority of sales is that is not based in that. And this, I, I worry this is making for a boring conversation. So should we move on to the scenario? Yeah. Feel free to cut us off anytime. <laughs> no, I, do so, I like, feel I like you guys to... are letting a lot of stuff out right now. And I want to allow that because <laughs> it I feels like it's therapy. With, uh, I do sympathize with films kind of getting your career wrong because like as an analyst, uh, the way that analysts yeah. are portrayed in every movie is like the most spineless cowardly person ever. <laughs> uh, and it's like, wow, like that's not at all my experience of dealing with analysts in like any job in my career. So it's like, yeah, it's, they, they do what they need to, to get a certain character for their story. They don't necessarily concern themselves with doing it accurately. Well, and or analysts what? are like hidden in the background and like, like, if you're not incredibly, if you were, if you were like, Hey, I'm an analyst, I'd be like, wow, you must be unbelievably smart Mensa genius MIT and Carson. I know you are, um, you know, butter up a little bit, but like, it's like, no, I analyze things. That's what I do for a living. It's not, it's, I'm not like a CIA analyst. Like when I hear the term analyst and I know that's what you are and you know, someone who works for me, Kelly is an analyst, but like, it's not, yeah, I, I totally agree with that, that these, Roles are made to play a role in specific situations, right? Well, here's what I'd ask. So we'll, Carson, I assume we'll share the list here, but I think we have, I think it's like 30 people, right? Here's the question that, I, that I'd ask you to think about as we go through it is, of the 30 salespeople from movies that we're going to talk about, how many of them would you consider a good guy? And I don't mean a protagonist, someone who's driving them, but I mean like a good person. It's going to be less than five. It is absolutely going to be less than five. Yeah, there's not going to yeah. be many. And that was actually one last question I was going to ask you before we jump into the scenarios that I have. Is like, of the list that we have here, who would you consider like the better examples of salespeople? Well, the easy answer is Chris Gardner from Pursuit of Happiness, right? Yeah, like, that's a good one. A, a checkbox, like slam dunk. One of the few like good stories about salespeople out there and like the struggle to get there. Um, Tommy, Boy. Of, Tommy, Tommy from Tommy Boy for sure, you know, really trying hard again. He's not, I'm not sure if I'd hire Tommy, but like, depends on the industry. It depends on the industry. And then, like, a couple of them, it's interesting because they really have somewhat of a redemption arc, right? Like, mm. they're not good people, but I think about like Giovanni Ribisi and as Seth Davis in Boiler Room, right? Like, he's a bad guy at the beginning, but he kind of figures it out and tries to solve it at the end, even through less than great means. But the majority of them, the greater majority of them, I mean, like someone I would consider a good salesperson in terms of 
like understanding his his people's needs and finding the right solutions would be Nick Cage's Yuri Orlov and Lord. Come on, Lord. you're stealing my you're stealing my pantaloon. <laughs> like I was gonna, I was about to say, I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to tip my hand. But I would agree. He, I would agree. He's one of the best ones. He's a, he's a good salesperson. He's not doing a good thing, but he's doing what a good salesperson should do: is like understand your needs and let me find and figure out how to get it for you. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Nick Cage. Talk, I'll let you. I'll let you go because I feel like I don't. I don't want to steal all this stuff. No, no, that I'll I'll let it go after this. But Nick Cage as Yuri Orloff in Lord of War, legitimately one of the ones that I would rank at the the high point of people that I would hire from this thirty list. So that that goes to show you like the type of person we're talking about. Do you think like he actually believes in what he's doing? So many of these people, they're saying whatever they need to say to get a sale, right? They are naturally lying, duplicitous people. Nick Cage is honest. He believes in his cause and he has government support for the cause. <laughs> right. All right. So now that you guys have tipped your hands, uh, we are going to go through some I'm, scenarios. I'm getting Nick Cage in this one, Dave. <laughs> so I have five scenarios for you. On each of these scenarios, you have a product that they are selling, who their customers are, uh, what their office is, and who their coworkers are. Your job is you are the sales manager and you have to hire one of the 29 people on the list of sales movies characters that we found. Um, I will rotate your kind of picking order for each one. Um, and once you've each picked one, uh, you will debate amongst yourself who has picked the best salesperson. Uh, any questions before we get started? And just to be clear, we number one, we can't pick the same one. Number two, once they're picked, they're off the list. Is that right? Yes. Once they're picked, they're gone. I'd like to go first. Uh, I'm going to let Paulo go first because he has the handicap of not being a career salesperson. Okay, that seems fair. All I right. mean, to be fair, not be having zero days of sales experience. Uh, I'm approaching this um, this game uh, in with the thought of picking the worst possible <laughs> candidate <laughs> because I am not going to win anyways. <laughs> All right. So not, not with that attitude, Paulo. <laughs> so so I wouldn't hire. I wouldn't hire Paulo. Just classic <laughs> ops guy. <laughs> classic uh, Hollywood ops guy. Okay. So first scenario, it's going to be Paulo, then Tomkey, then Sar picking. Uh, I've actually me. given you guys this uh, scenario before. So your product is you are selling a delivery app. Uh, so a store that delivers for restaurants. Uh, you are selling it specifically to pizza stores. So it is a pizza delivery app. You work in a downtown office and your coworkers are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Who from this list do you hire? Okay, so since I'm going first, um, I think you guys missed uh, a very good salesman uh, on this list. Uh, Yuri Arlov has his, uh, his positives, but um, Ray Kroc, uh, especially in this uh, example, I think is the natural choice. Uh, one, because he was innovated, he was, inno sorry, innovated, innovative, uh, way before his time, um, with his ideas, uh, and, um, sorry for anyone who hasn't seen the founder, he's the, uh, the, uh, the founder of McDonald's basically. Um, well, he stole it. Oh, wait, stole I'll, save, I'll save that when I'm arguing against your choice. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's totally fine. I I'm prepared for that. Um, but yeah, um, I think he's uh, flexible enough to work with non-humans, such as the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think he's not uh, he's he's so motivated to the point where um, uh, sorry, no, sorry, 
reverse a little bit. Going back to uh, his innovation, um, even though he didn't necessarily live in a time where there were food apps, um, I think just his natural uh, know-how and um, forward thinking would uh, just lend to his ability to adapt that technology. I, I'm assuming we're like moving him 40 years, 50 years into the future, right? Sure. We're, tra- we're time traveling him. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and I, I, I think his, his experience with um, working with the typical teenager that uh, works at McDonald's um, would put him in a perfect position to, to manage the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Quick, quick point of clarification. If someone is picked as a candidate, are they off? Or if they're ultimately picked by the three of us? No, oh, no, no. so they can only be picked once. So okay. Ray Kroc is done for all of the three ones as well. Okay. Thank uh, you. Tunky, who would you pick? And also, just clarification, Apollo there, he is not managing the Ninja Turtles. He is a co-worker, teammate of Sorry. the Ninja Turtles. Well, wait, they're like on the same level? They're on the same level. Well, you are the manager managing the team. Right. He's, he's my co-manager. I'm a, I've promoted him. He's team lead. Uh, I feel like I'm going to steal Dave's here because I am 100% going Tommy from Tommy Boy to sell pizzas with the Ninja Turtles. A, he's not your traditional salesman. He is someone who is passionate about something he believes in, and you guarantee that Tommy cares about pizza. He is going to, you know, you don't have to put your head up the, the bull's ass to get the pizza take from him. So he loves pizza. He can speak passionately about pizza. He's an everyman. So the people who are ordering pizza, he's going to uh, uh, relate to. And he can pretty much get along with everybody. Um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Tommy Boy are going to work very well together. Like, this is a clear choice for me. Sorry, who are you picking up? So it's funny that you mentioned that you thought you stole mine because I think Tommy Boy would have been a great candidate for another role. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to th- throw something out there I think will throw people off is Chaz Tenenbaum, Ben Stiller from uh, the Royal Tenenbaums. So he's a financial genius, very, very smart, will do well in the tech industry, and also totally concerned about his kid's safety after his wife's death. Who better to pitch why everything should be delivered to your house, cutting off external <laughs> uh concerns of the world um and like like he's got the smarts to do it he has the motivation and the story to tell personal story connect with the customer and the client about why they should do it so i'm, I'm saying Chaz tenenbaum from the from the royal bombs all right i'll give you guys a minute or two for some counter arguments and then i'll pick a winner so ray Kroc is obviously no offense paulo he's out <laughs> he's out right like He's not. He's taking what people do and selling it. He's not going to work with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because he's essentially in the movie. It even shows he just takes what other people do and they end up hating him for it. So he's not going to work. But he Ch- did end up successful <laughs> at the cost of his coworkers. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are probably going to murder him with their ninja weapons before he is <laughs> successful. Yeah, I'm also against Ray Kroc. Um, not just picking on the guy who's not in sales here, but I don't think his conversion of McDonald's was not based off his selling experience, uh, but more, more critically like understanding people's behavior in terms of how they want to receive things. Uh, And I think he would have been amazing uh, in a fast food rule, like converting something to a broader retail scale, but 
with this type of delivery app, how's he going to sell people? He doesn't understand because he's old and dead. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. talking about a pizza delivery app, that idea has been made, right? Like that idea exists. So I think it's right up his alley to just steal that idea and make it better because that's what he does, you know? And me, uh, go, between, ahead, go ahead. Between all three of these people, right? If you're selling a delivery app to pizza people, pizza chains, right? The people who run pizzas, uh, pizza stores and pizza delivery, and you put three people in front of them, one is Ray Kroc. One is Chaz Tenenbaum, who comes from a ton of money and and all and is a, a higher up, or you put Tommy Boy. Like, who are those individual, like those independent pizza parlor owners, going to identify with? So hold on, Tommy Boy, the the heir to the. Um... <laughs> I actually think Tommy Boy is the weakest uh, weakest choice here. Yeah, no, I'm actually going to Callahan on I'm going to declare a winner. Uh, it's obvious for me. It's Tommy Boy. Uh, what? I, I, I think <laughs> Chaz Tannenbaum was... I love the Royal Tannenbaums as a movie, but Chaz Tannenbaum's working with the Ninja Turtles. I think there would be some major clashing in that workplace. Uh, I think Tommy Boy is that good. Focus them and, and get some sales done. Uh, so early win to Tomkey there. But uh, I would also venture quickly. Yep. I agree with your Chaz Tannenbaum having an issue with the size... Uh, and the, the katanas but <laughs> um, I would venture Tommy Boy was not an accomplished salesperson until Richard brought him along so, so I don't know you're saying he's coachable is what you're saying he's coachable <laughs> but, but he's not going to do it by himself that's all I'm saying I'll take the my approach has changed that. and I want to destroy you guys <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so the second scenario, uh, this order is going to be Tom Kisar and then Paulo. Uh, so you are selling exercise equipment, or sorry, you are the manager of a team selling exercise equipment. Uh, you are selling it in the 1950s as a door-to-door -door salesperson, and your coworker is Rocky Balboa. He is not the famous Rocky Balboa. You have just taken, like, the boxer. No one knows who he is. He's got Ooh. all the, the boxing skill, but not the fame around it. Uh, which one of these people? Sale. Rocky Balboa is going to be a terrible salesperson. <laughs> he is the coworker. Who do you partner him with uh, to be the door-to-door -door salesperson? Who? Okay. I think for this one, I'm going to go with Kurt Russell from Used Cars, Rudy Russo, for a couple of different reasons. One. I think what he displays in used cars more than anyone else is adaptability, which is what you need as a salesperson. He's willing, like a lot of shit happens in that movie that he has no control over and he rolls with it and makes the best of it. Also, Kurt Russell, that long flowing hair, he's going to be great. Like people are going to buy from him. I don't know. Honestly, I can't remember what his hair looks like in that movie, but if you like, let's just imagine his hair from the thing and put it on Kurt Russell for this. Um, second of all, if you're talking about Rocky Balboa, that's going to be a tough sell for anyone like in these Wall Street type movies to get along with. Uh, Kurt Russell from Used Cars is going to be along to be able to get the best out of him, associate with him and really sell a bit of anything. And also like the ladies are going to love him. So I'm going with Kurt Russell from Used Cars. All right, sir. How about you? Uh, I'm going to need a quick second because I was also picking Kurt Russell. Yes. Um, <laughs> tired of this coming in last thing. Okay. 
I'm going to go with Chris Gardner, Will Smith from Pursuit of Happiness. And this is kind of a Trump, this is a Trump card because not a Trump card, but one where like it's not necessarily the situation that fits him. It's that he shows such grit and ability to, to figure it out and come through in that movie that I feel like he would be successful and really try. Plus, with his kid, he's got a lot of motivation to figure things out. I'm going with Chris Gardner, uh, Will Smith from Pursuit of Happiness. I think he's got the right stuff, um, and he would put Kurt Russell out of business. He would never use porn to sell something. Come on. <laughs> Trippers, sorry. That, well, that, that's his, that sounds like a personal problem. Oh, who are you picking? Um, I'm going to pick Yuri Orlov. Oh, come on. Because, <laughs> because I want to ruin uh, the Daves' picks from the next rounds. <laughs> but mostly because, aside from being the best salesman on the list, I think dealing with his cokehead brother, uh, forget his name, but it's Jared Leto, um, it, it's going to be dealing with uh, Rocky Balboa is going to be peanuts. Rocky Balboa that. never did any drugs as far as <laughs> I, I'm talking about like a difficult business partner. Uh, but um, just aside from the fact that he could sell sand in a desert, I think Yuri Orlov would be the just the clear choice. Um, I'm going to take a shot at uh, Chris Gardner because um, I can. And it, normally I would agree that he is the he's like a great salesman, but I, I don't think he would be able to work with someone as uh, like a, a terrible, unmotivated in terms of sales uh, partner like Rocky. Um, it's it's really a it's really about the uh, the coworker thing for me. Aside from uh, Yuri Orlov's uh, sales experience, um, so I have a rebuttal. Uh, <laughs> who do you remember? Who played Chris Gardner? Yes, Will Smith. Will Smith. Oh God! Oh, where's, Will Smith, where's Will Smith from? Philadelphia. That's right, West Philadelphia, born and raised. I believe Rocky is also from there, and so they would be very closely tied they'd talk about cheesesteaks they would crush it and he would buy into his can-do attitude resulting in a montage halfway through where <laughs> rocky and he would go on to sell like crazy well I, carson I let me sorry let, sorry tom oh, go right no you rebuttal first because i'm gonna eliminate yeah you go uh, first chris gardner is actually from milwaukee so i think that uh that that undoes your uh, Philadelphia argument. <laughs> oh, another another hardworking blue collar town in in America. <laughs> that's that they well, could get together well, with their competitors. Let me ask you this, Dave. Mm-hmm. Why did Chris Gardner have to take that non paid internship in the first place? Because he couldn't hack it in door to door sales <laughs> in the first place. That's so he's out. One. Like he couldn't sell those medical imaging machines door to door, so he had to go take this unpaid internship because he invested poorly and wasn't a good door to door salesman. So, I don't know. Well, he... Carson, what are we selling again? We're selling exercise equipment in the fifties. Okay, so not medical imaging machines, not something highly, not something highly technical. The ability to get fit after returning from the war and getting a little fat off your GI bill, like no. <laughs> This is this is a clear cut. Like um, now, that being said, I hate to bring up the specter of racism, but I didn't think this through. <laughs> I, I was going to wait until that one was brought up. <laughs> yeah, in the fifties, that this may have been a poor choice, <laughs> which is terrible, which is wrong. To be and, clear, 
And this is not funny, people. Stop laughing. Since we've eliminated Chris Gardner with that, like Yuri, or- Yuri Orloff, like only is selling stuff internationally. He can't, like, he's big picture. He can't sell an exercise machine to a housewife. Are you kidding me? Oh, also, let's let's just let's let's put a let's put a pin in your Orlov too. It's the fifties. You're gonna buy from a communist? No fucking way. Uh, like, right. Wait, are we swearing? I, I didn't know. Yeah, no no fucking way. <laughs> uh, no way. You're hi hi. My name's Yuri. Slo- door slams. Like game so, over. So the Fuck. choice is clear. It sounds like I win again. <laughs> I, I secede my. I don't yeah, send I, a communist or a black man in the 1950s. I, I hate to give someone a two-year-old lead this early in the contest, but yes, I'm going to have to go with Rudy Russo uh, as the pick. So that puts Tom Key at two, the others at zero. Uh, so our next one, and I'm glad we got the Nick Cage one off the board because Nick Cage factors into this next scenario. Fuck. Um, but it'll be uh, Sar, then Paulo, then Tom Key and picking. So the product that you are selling is a COVID avatar technology. So basically you're selling to billionaires the ability to have like a robot where they can stay at home and they can like, you know, see through it and do all of their life through a robot, like a avatar kind of. Um, you're working in a downtown high rise and your coworkers are every character that Nicolas Cage has ever played. So sorry, you're up first. Yeah, that's a tough one. Sorry, uh, really quick. Can you explain that again? Just so like the, all the points. So you're selling like a, an avatar technology. Basically, a, a billionaire can sit home uh, and like you're kind of anticipating a world that's like a big biohazard. And so you're selling them basically the technology from Avatar where they have a robot that can go out. They can see through it. They can control it. They can like sense and feel through the world. But basically, they're sitting in their basement controlling it in like a tank. Um, and your office environment is all Nicolas Cage characters. I don't like this person as a salesperson. But I'm going to go with Patrick Bateman from America. Fuck, that was mine. Sorry. <laughs> um, I feel like he's going to be able to compartmentalize that messaging, make it meaningful to people, and go along with every character that Nick Cage has ever played. Also a psycho. I'm just, I'm just going to say it's a great pick. It's a great pick. Oh, where are you going with this one? Sorry, I was on mute. Um, I'm going to go with Jordan Belfort um, because I think he's uh, he's worked enough with uh, such colorful characters and criminals that all of Nick Cage's characters will not uh, phase him. Um, and also, he like it doesn't matter what he's selling really. Like he sold all those stupid penny stocks. Um, and like it really didn't matter what the product was he just sold it he knew how to sell it and um and uh like yeah that's it <laughs> all right Tonky, where are you going i am gonna go with michael douglas from wall street i'll go with gordon gecko um i think both of my peers here have made inspired choices around the clientele that we're selling to like if you're going to be selling to billionaires in a pandemic 
you need someone that can speak to them on their level. And Gordon Gecko is someone that can do that. He has the same mentality of all these rich people are looking to do. He has the same sort of disdain for the common man that, uh, that these people he's selling to are going to have. So we can relate to him on that. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I just think he, he speaks the language and lives the life that these people are trying to see when he's selling it to them. All right, that's three solid picks. I'm interested to see where your counter arguments go, but I'll open it up there. So Gordon Gecko, are we talking about failed Gordon Gecko or beginning of the movie Gordon Gecko? The height of his power. Can I, do I get to choose or no? No, it's failed, it's failed Gordon Gecko. He failed twice. And so Shia LaBeouf crushed him in the second movie. <laughs> I haven't um, seen the second one. Does it count? I, I don't know. It's canon. Um, <laughs> and also, fun fact, uh, in the movie American Psycho, Patrick Bateman lived next door to Tom Cruise. Not mentioned in the movie, but in fact, in the uh, in in fact in the building. That only leads me to believe he's further able to connect with uh, all of Nicolas Cage's characters. Um, he speaks, you know, he comes from a family of wealth, Long Island, Newport, Rhode Island, etc., and has demonstrated ability to sell regardless of his uh, extracurricular activities. Has he? I don't think we ever, uh, and now I've only read, it's been a while since I've read the book and I haven't seen the movie. I don't know that we ever see him actually sell anything. He comes from a life of privilege, goes immediately into privilege out of college. Never once in the movie do we see Patrick Bateman sell a single thing. So I really but, question, can we trust him to sell anything? Part, pardon is, me, guys. If I may, uh, I'd just like to call out that uh, Patrick Bateman was a uh, fucking murderer. <laughs> also true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys have brought up some great points. You know, he lived next to Tom Cruise. He didn't sell anything, but he was a fucking murderer. And well, I think again, that would hinder his ability to uh, sell to these billionaires and maybe clash with his coworkers a little bit. That's wanna... exactly where I think I have, you have it wrong. Can you imagine <laughs> dealing with Nick Cage from Con Air or Raising Arizona for a long time? Murder him. Done. Right? <laughs> like, this is a benefit, not a, not a knock on him. Um, yes, he's a murderer. The premise, again, Tomkey, while I agree with you, it's not well established during the movie. It is established as a given at the beginning of the movie that he is, an, is a successful investment banker, and that's where all his money comes from, in addition to his inherited wealth. Carson, is it, uh, is it like, can he murder his coworkers? Is that an acceptable solution <laughs> Does, in this situation? Is that not an automatic disqualification? Is if that he like, gets away with it and still hits his target, I mean. <laughs> shit, all right, that's fair. Classic sales. I'm actually really yeah, torn on get this. A, if you I'm hit really, your numbers, you can get away with that. <laughs> I'm really torn on this one, so I'll get you got one point each for each of you. It can either be for your candidate or against somebody else's, but one last point. Are we going in order? Sure. Um, okay, go, sir. Patrick Bateman is widely devoid of emotion outside of insecurity about himself being caught. He was not caught, thinking he would be caught, left a voicemail on his lawyer's thing. The lawyer thought it was a joke. Could you be a better salesman than actually confessing and getting away with it? I'm just saying this guy can sell um, anything to anyone, and I think he's going to fit in great with Nick or kill him. Oh, um, so, okay. Think about the time and 
the demand that we're talking about here. All right. What was uh, Jordan Belfort's whole business model or business or sales strategy built on? Supply and demand, right? Sell me this pen. So what do these billionaires want in the time of the pandemic? They really, they, maybe they don't know it yet, but they want this avatar so they can go about their daily business and not deal with the common man, those plebs. I think that's right up Jordan Belfort's alley. And uh, I, I mean, it's, there's, it's an easy, it's easy choice here. I have one thing I want to add. Yeah, that's not allowed. <laughs> that's not allowed. No, you had your point. Tom Kitts are no, tired. It's, it's really you... important. It's really important. Mine Wait, but that's the, even worse for me. <laughs> mine is the only guy who, in theory, was a legitimate businessman. Both of these two sold lies and fake things. My guy could sell the real investment. That's not even true. He, um, he killed people. Well, let me ask you this, Carson. Are we here to make one sale? Or are we here to build a lasting relationship with a customer in which we will have multiple sales? Because we know that Patrick Bateman is not going to be around because eventually he's going to get caught. He is leaving voicemails confessing to crimes on lawyers' like lawyers' voicemail. He's not going to be around to make a second sale. Jordan Belfort is going to be too high on quaaludes to do anything. And while I respect the amount of quaaludes he can do, that's not conducive to good business. Now, Gordon Gecko, you may have heard earlier from Dave Sarr saying, well, he's failed twice before, but you know what? He's still around. So if you want someone who is going to make you that sale and also be around to make a second sale, there's only one choice here. Isn't Jordan Belfort in jail? He came out, I think, at the end. Oh, so he's, when, he's he was in jail, when he was in jail, ever. how was he building relationships? <laughs> Again, I'm not voting for him, so I'm, all, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> this is a tough one, but I'm going to pick the, uh, the one character that didn't go to jail, and that's Patrick Bateman. Oh! Uh, <laughs> what? Surprisingly, <laughs> the only person that didn't go to jail. Uh, good job. That was a good round. Um, okay, so the next one, and the order is going to be, uh, I think we're back to Paulo, Tomkin, and Sar. Uh, so the product that you're selling is electric cars. You're selling it to kind of anyone, like anyone and everyone. Uh, your office is in Calgary, Alberta, and your coworkers are the Guardians of the Galaxy. Want to go last? <laughs> you're first. <laughs> <laughs> Can I negotiate uh, for a, an earlier pick? Nope. Shit. I'm going to pick uh, Bobby Bolivia um, from Transformers uh, because he has natural experience with selling cars um, and he drives a hard bargain because he wasn't about to give uh, Bumblebee away for less than uh, his his asking price. Um, and he's he's already indirectly involved with like sci science fiction characters like the Guardians of the Galaxy because I mean he had Bumblebee in his lot and if it weren't um, I'm gonna actually cancel that point that I was about to say but um, <laughs> um, yeah I think he's the he's the natural choice here you're selling cars like and I'm sorry Carson can I get the scenario one more time. So you're selling electric cars in Calgary, Alberta, and your coworkers are the Guardians of the Galaxy. Thank you. So Tom Kira. Um, I'm going to go with Robin Williams from Cadillac Man, also an existing car salesman. Son of a. Who is good at talking and like 
again, getting back to the point, and I mean, now this is me, an American speaking. Calgary seems much like the American South or the American West. And, you know, how's Bobby Bolivia as a smooth talking, slick salesman going to come across there? You know what? Somebody honest, somebody who's shooting you straight. Wait, what? <laughs> and I think that's where Robin Williams is coming in. Robin Williams from Cadillac Man is this is the, He's the shooting honest, you straight. This <laughs> is going to be viewed that way while he's stipping your wife. Yeah, well, you know, Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're running out of people here. Um, I feel this is a bit of a Hail Mary, but I'm going to go with Sean from Shaun of the Dead. Oh. And the reason is, talk about being able to deal with truly different scenarios, right? Like, I've dealt with zombies. Now, he struggled early in his career, but post-zombie, he realized there was an opportunity to make zombie labor effective and for entertainment. Like, that takes true creativity um, and drive. And I, I think he's the one that would be able to convert not only people into buying cars, but also he could use the zombies, right? Like that's free labor in addition to that. Like talk about your service department or this. You could give away free warranties for everything. All right, counter arguments. Um, I, I have points for both of these guys. Um, so number one, Sean, love him. Great guy. But uh, one, he did not actually... Uh, start the whole trend of using the zombies for manual labor. Um, and he also... Is that specified in the film, or does he just come back and show that zombies are now used for labor? And, that, and, I, I feel like that's a stretch, because it's, it, while it's not specified in the film... So he came up with he's it. Not I think that's a reasonable jump. <laughs> I mean, I, I, will, I will concede that he did allow his best friends to play video games with him after he was zombified. But I, I don't know about the whole uh, manual labor thing. I think that might have been something that he just adapted for his own friend to play video games. Um, and also, when on the topic of sales, he wasn't quite uh, an inspiring uh, sales manager, as you could see from his coworkers who did not uh, care about him. And he also uh, has issues with attention, uh, like when he was on the phone and talking about uh, making dinner plans and... Uh, not really listening. I think that wouldn't be good in a in a sales uh, well, we, in a sales deal. Well, we've also set precedence though that this is all about arguing who people are at the end of the movie, not the beginning of the movie. And so, at the end of the movie, he's successful. He has created a zombie workforce. Is he? Whether in GTA, <laughs> he he is using it for cheap labor. He's living with the girlfriend that let him go because he was not successful at work before. So he's running a sweatshop, and you're saying this is implying it does work in his favor because now when he's selling these cars, he can give away free warranties and service, whereas your guys can't do anything. They don't have zombies. Well, you don't know that the (laughs) zombies are not going to unionize. You don't know that they're not going to demand a any any sort of you know free time off. So I I think we're making jumps here around what zombie what the zombification of labor looks like, and I think that's a that's a slippery slope. And I'm, I'm not of, sure if Sean automatically comes with zombies and zombie labor. No, I think that's, <laughs> that's definitely 
given, and also like I'm a bit of an expert in bird law and zombie law, they no longer uh, have the right to unionize because unions are only formed by living people. Point um, that out to me in the Constitution. Point that out to me. It is in the Constitution. Are we in Calgary? Calgary? Did I not read that part? Uh, wait, I, uh, I guess Calgary, we are in Calgary, right? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> And also, I, assume, I assume Canada does not have a constitution. It's just – it's free. <laughs> it's a free-for-all up there. We can do whatever we want, yeah. Um, and uh, on, on that uh, – I mean, not really a segue, but uh, Joey O'Brien, um, I don't know if his customers would take kindly to him uh, sleeping with their significant others um, and making shitty deals because I, if I remember correctly, um, his – some of his deals went so badly that he had an armed gunman come into his store. Um, oh, there was I, a hostage situation. I don't know that we can assign I, I, blame for that. I'm, I'm not sure if that's exactly conducive. I think we can uh, easily assign blame for that. It seems, um, seems, seems like we're taking a lot of steps here. <laughs> so let's be clear, too. It doesn't hurt that he has such a strong connection with the government in Ottawa, right? Like, he's going to be able to, like, work with them and say like Simon, I'm talking about now. Not sorry, not Simon. Uh, Sean, Sean of the Dead, played by Simon Pig, is able to connect with all the folks in Ottawa and the government, right? Like think about that. You already he already has established relationships with zombies. He's got Trudeau. He's got half the MP, right? <laughs> like there's a real opportunity there for him to leverage previous relationships to create beneficial situations for him in addition to his free workforce i think this is sean is in sean is another example of someone that you're making a case for that we never see doing anything sales related he is a low-level employee who seems to have no ambition has never been promoted his girlfriend left him because of his lack of abilities at his job and lack of ambition i just have a we we don't have enough to say that he is a good salesperson you're banking you're banking your entire premise here on his ability to co-op slave labor, which I am against, sir. <laughs> no, it's not slave labor. It's his ability to work closely with the zombie population. Supportive <laughs> of their rights and their abilities. That's why zombies... So let them unionize, then, Dave. Let them unionize. Also, they don't want to <laughs> unionize. Really it's, not in the Canadian, it's not in the Canadian Constitution. They can't. Um, if they if they could, I'm sure he'd be supportive. But the, but the end of the day, right? Like, Sean, while, while again, we haven't seen it, we can make some assumptions. His girlfriend left him because he was not successful at work. At the end of the movie, she is with him happily and moved in a step up from the beginning of the movie, implying he is now good at work. QED. All right. I decided this one a little while ago. It's Bobby Blue, yeah. Yes! Oh, on. <laughs> I'm on the board, baby. <laughs> uh, good points on Sean there. Uh, Ottawa's a little far from Calgary for that note to hold, uh, but good points. Um, all right, so it's, I think, two for Tomkey, one for Sar, one for Paulo as we go into our final round. This is a kangaroo court. <laughs> uh, this situation's pretty straightforward. So you're selling televisions in Best Buy, so you're a retail worker, and the other employees of the Best Buy are the hobbits from the Lord of the Rings. Uh, so for this one, I'll actually, we'll have Sar go first, and then Tomkey, then Paulo. Wow. Wow. It just jumped over me. There. I really He's been going last a lot. I, I was bad. thinking about that. It's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> I've had the last pick a couple times now. Uh, so this is a bit of an easy one for me. Wait, did I already use this person? Um, one second. I'm just going through our list real quick. I do have the list on the screen here. Um, 
I'm going to go with Charlie Hinton from Daddy Daycare. And it's really simple here. Uh, Eddie Murphy. He's going to be able to connect with everyone on the sales floor. Have you seen his personality? Now, while previously um, he was a food marketing executive, that came from his hard work as a retail person early on in his career. Um, and so, and he's able to deal with children. Dealing with children is the same as dealing with retail uh, clients. Oh, wow. <laughs> So I'm saying I think there's a real chance here that he's going to be able to, to, to leverage this, drive success. He's been able to sell at a high level, but translate that down to a retail level based on his childhood uh, his experience with children. Fair, fair. All right, who did I say was going next? I think it was Tom Key. Is this the last one? Yes, this is the last round. I've got to go with my favorite remaining one on the board and make the case for him. And that's Cassius Green from Sorry to Bother You, um, who is outright one of the best salesmen, salespeople on any of the options we have here, but also shows clearly his ability to adapt to whoever he's talking to, right? Like we see that very clear in the movie that depending on who he's talking to, he can make a connection with that person and sell. He's also pro-union, which we know is going to be important when working in retail, right? Like you've got to get your coworkers, whoever those coworkers may be, they have to be on your side. And he shows throughout the movie that he's pro-union. So not only is he the greatest salesperson remaining on this list, he's also going to get his coworkers on his side to be able to do that. I, I just want to clarify, what are we selling again exactly? We're and working TV with the Hobbit. Section TV Buy. section? Okay. Um, I'm going to pick, I can't believe I still have this. I'm going to pick Joy Mang Mangano, uh, from Joy, who is clearly the best salesperson left. Um, <laughs> was it a raspberry I heard? <laughs> sure was. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so I, I think she's going to whip one. She's going to whip those hobbits into shape because her ambition, her drive is, is it's not matched by Anyone on this list, much less Cassius Green or Charlie Hinton, um, she works on TV. So, you know, there's a, there's some connection there, TVs, right? Um, and I'd also like to uh, to mention if, if Cassius Green was working with the Hobbits, that's a lot of type B personalities. And I don't know if they'd, uh, they'd have the, the, the oomph to, uh, to, close, to close some sales. Um, and I think Charlie Hinton, I, um, Eddie Murphy, it's only a matter of time until people today discover Delirious and the things that he said uh, before he gets canceled and no one wants to buy from him. Hey, I'm not going to weigh in on Delirious and how funny <laughs> that was. But uh, also, I'm going to mention that Joy Mangano is a terrible pick to work with the Hobbits. What is Joy Mangano's most notable products? The original ones. The mop. The miracle mop. Mm -hmm. Forever fragrant. And she's now pitching hand sanitizer. Hobbits are not known as the cleanliest of people. <laughs> and I don't think Joy Mangano from Long Island is going to be particularly strong with the Hobbits. Not your life. I, I mean, I think. 
I think she'll put that lifestyle uh, decision aside long enough to uh, to follow her dream of becoming a successful salesperson. Well, here's my rebuttal to both of them. One talking about Joy Mangano, she has to have a big win, right? Like because she gets taken advantage of multiple times in that movie, right? Like she gets lied to about there being this Hong Kong thing that she needs to pay for, blah blah blah. So on the salary of selling consistently small items like she just doesn't have that background she needs one big win or else she's out the door because she keeps getting taken advantage of we're talking about charlie hinton the movie daddy daycare literally starts with him getting fired and his division shut down because he's a terrible salesman wait say that again (laughs) daddy daycare starts with charlie hinton getting laid off because he's trying to sell vegetable cereal like great work man you're a terrible salesman he gets fired so that's interesting. So you're saying that everyone that's laid off deserves to lose their job. <laughs> I'm saying everyone that gets laid off from sales is not. Are you is, blaming all the job God, losses in America? Damn it, you're really uh, working me in a show. Are you blaming all the job losses in America on, the, on people's work ethic and ability to perform their own jobs? Really? Ba- give me a second here to respond. <laughs> I think I, it's, a, I think it's about time we've had a woman win this competition. Well, I'll tell you that cash is green persisted through adversity as opposed to Charlie Hinton who couldn't hit his goals given that same adversity. Once he rose to an executive level, you don't think an executive tasked with creating new products and stuff can't sell TVs at a retail center? I 100% think that as someone who's exited sales and no longer knows how to sell. <laughs> and Assuming he already has his daycare to deal with, I think that's a full-time job. Like I don't think well, he has okay, time. Are we assuming he's still running the daycare? I don't think that's no, fair. No, no, he's not running. No, the no, he's not running the daycare. You can't. That I would not have picked him. If, I if mean, he was, <laughs> is, Charlie, is Charlie Hinton even a salesman, or is he a marketing person? And we is all there, know that marketing, a, marketing is just B-level sales. We all know it. <laughs> so Dave Tomkey, marketing is not a real job. Not as good as sales. <laughs> This is going out on the internet, right? Um, Marketing is trash. Layoffs layoffs are people's own fault, and marketing doesn't is not worth its job. So hold that against me personally, but don't hold it against Cassius Green, who should win this competition. I think we've exhausted our arguments, Carson. (laughs) The only arguments they could make, Carson, were against me and not against my choice. (laughs) <laughs> this is really tough. I don't know where to go with this one. Uh, I'm going to say it's between Cassius and Charlie. Sorry, uh, Paula. Um, also because Joy, I don't know, that was a long time ago. She's not probably selling modern technology that well. It needs a lot of training. Um, what are your thoughts on Cassius versus Charlie, Paula? On Ca- I mean, what, what can I say that I haven't already said? Um, th- there was a good point that uh, Charlie Hinton had already been fired from his... Uh, from his sales job. I think that's pretty like tough. Laid off. That's an important note. Sorry, laid, laid off. off. I mean, just a vision. The, the, the point, was shut down. The point is that he was shown he to be not useful. <laughs> he didn't choose the vegetable cereal. He got stuck with a bad product. Um, but I, at the same time, I think uh, Cassius Green, um, he uh, misrepresented himself uh, a, a whole lot. So, I mean, how much do you value honesty, Carson? Uh, well, did he, did, did he, did he lie? Or did he allow customers to choose their own interpretation? Because those are two very different things. No, I'm going to be honest. No, they're I, not. I they're call cool. a lot of customers and say, hey, I'm calling on behalf of Microsoft. Technically true. <laughs> but 
but but, you know. did he, but did he lie in omission of the point to the degree with which the product he is selling is not accurate in terms of what it represented? Well, if we're talking about what he lied about, it is whether he's black or white. And if we're talking about in a Best Buy in front of a TV, he's not able to lie about that. So, boom, he's in. That shouldn't matter, by the way. We just want to make sure that oh, everyone... it's just <laughs> it's, a, it's like the point of the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, I've made my decision. Uh, it's going to be Cassius Green. Uh, Tomkey, you win the competition three to one to one. Uh, but good points all around. Congratulations to everyone. Our audience is the real winner of this one. <laughs> my my views neither represent myself nor any organization I'm affiliated with. <laughs> I just delete Tom, all his views. Tom's views are 100 percent his. And <laughs> supports them thoroughly. Uh, he is pro union but pro layoff as well. Apparently, I don't. That's really weird. Um, I've not. Dave, Dave Starr is a pro uh, psycho killer. Um. <laughs> Only for that specific role. Oh, okay, that's fair. Again, a, a whole office of Nick Cage's. You don't think a psycho killer is the right fit? <laughs> Look, if you're gonna if you're gonna hit your numbers, but also murder people, that's a tough decision. That's a tough decision. And that brings us back to when originally we were like, salespeople are really good people. They're not just there to cut cut, cut corners and it's do whatever so they except your murdering arguments. people. To hit our numbers, but that's fine. We're, there. We're not all like this. It doesn't matter that he's killing people. <laughs> and, and again, he's killing Nick Cages. He's not killing people. And again, I would have a problem if he killed all the Nick Cages. We need at least one Nick Cage left. Yeah, like the Con Air Nick Cage. Like, no need to kill him. And also, would he even be able to kill that Nick Cage? Because as we know from Con Air, he has to treat himself to a higher standard because he's been trained as a murderer. <laughs> Well, I mean, I would venture, and this is a completely different discussion. The Rock Nick Cage is probably the one that would make it, but that's fine. I oh, mean, we should, we should have yeah. gone for the Nick Cage episode. I got, I, I would heartily argue against that. Stanley, you talk about Stanley Goodspeed, not the most hardy of Nick Cages. All right, we will end it off there. Do you guys have any last things you want to say about how salespeople are represented in movies? No, I feel like we've destroyed our earlier points enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were like, they're not terrible people, but I will choose these mass murderers and drug users <laughs> to represent me. All right, well, thanks for coming on, and uh, thanks, audience, for listening, and join us again in a few weeks for more reviews. <laughs>